Well, we are in week two of our series uh, that we've been calling Joash. And, and really, Joash, he's a king from the Old Testament. And so just to kind of catch us up, if we uh, weren't here this, week, this past weekend, uh, we learned that there was this evil queen, Athaliah, who had uh, set her heart on saying she's going to wipe out the kingdom of Judah's ruler so that she could lead herself. And she thought that she had done it, but there was one lady that had snuck away an heir to the throne, Joash, at one years old and, and hid him away in the temple. And for seven years during Queen Athaliah's reign, uh, Joash would be growing up in the temple. And, and during that time, eventually, uh, Jehoiada, the, the chief priest, would decide, all right, it, it, it's time. It, it, it's time that the rightful king gets placed on the throne. And so he, he kind of got a collection of people. They all set up to make sure that this young boy would be protected. They bring him out by the pillar of the temple of the Lord, and, and they crown him as the rightful king and they yell out, long live the king. During this time, the evil queen, Athaliah, she, she hears what's going on and she goes and she, she checks out like what's happening. She realized what's been done. And she, at that point, yells out, treason, treason, right? But it's already been done. And, and they capture her. They take her outside the city gate and they murder her for her crimes, and it's in this time when the rightful king in the kingdom of Judah has been placed on the throne that then the people of God, they go and they tear down the idol worship area of Baal. And they decide we're not having that anymore. So as a church, we, we said last week, when we make Jesus the, the king of our lives, right? We're not worried about an earthly king, but we make Jesus the king of our lives. And what we want to do is similarly turn and say, what are some things that God's calling us to break down? What are some things that God's saying, hey, get this sin out of your life? And so I hope that for those of you last week that God was kind of tugging at your heart, that you took some steps in the last seven days saying, God, yeah, I'm breaking this down for you. I'm, I'm giving this over to you. And if you're like, you know what? I had some really good intentions last Sunday, but I didn't have any follow through. We can jump back in and say, all right, God, I'm going to break down some things for you. During this series, what we're trying to do is, is talk about these three things. We want to break down, we want to build up, and we want to be wise. And we're learning this as we look at Joash's story. And so let's jump in and continue to talk about this young king. And today, as we enter into this story in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, uh, what we're seeing is that he's not a seven-year-old boy anymore. In fact, this boy has become uh, a 20-year-old, 30-year-old, and he's leading as we enter into this part of the story today. And Joash, as he's leading, he begins to realize something. All right, they, they've broke down this uh, idol worship of Baal. Now, Second Kings would tell us that they, they, for whatever reason, had left some other 
parts of worship in the hills as well. I don't know why they didn't go and tear all those down, but they, they broke down this idol worship of Baal. But now Joash, the king, he begins to turn his attention to the temple of the Lord. And, and in this, he's not wanting to break it down. He's wanting to build it up. He, he's looking at the temple of the Lord and, and he's thinking, you know what? This has not been given the TLC that it needs. This has not been emphasized enough. And so he he realizes, you know what? When Queen Athaliah was queen, some of her sons, they, they broke in and they stole things from the temple of the Lord and they used it for Baal worship. He's like, we've got to fix this. And what's so interesting to me is that here it is, this king who's saying we've got to fix this, when you would think that it was the, the priests and the Levites who would have been coming and saying, hey, this, this needs a little work over here. And so we enter into the text with that in mind, and Joash wants to solve this problem of the temple kind of being broken down a little bit. So check this out, Second Chronicles chapter 24, verse 4. Sometime later, Joash decided to restore the temple of the Lord. He called together the priests and the Levites and said to them, Go to the towns of Judah and collect the money due annually from all Israel to repair the temple of your God. Do it now. But the Levites did not act at once. So he comes up with this plan. He's like, all right, we already collect this money. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to send you out to go and collect it, and then you're going to bring it back, and we're going to start to build up this temple. And he, and he tells them, do it now, right? Now, here's what happens. It, in this text, it's almost like when you tell your kids, if you have any, to go um, do their chores, right? You, you know how that goes sometimes, right? I, I know how it is with my kids at times. Even though they're fantastic, I'm like, why, why am I telling you a second time, a third time? Like, go do your chores, and you walk in the room, you're like, it is still a train wreck in here, right? So this is what happened with Joash. He tells these Levites and these priests, hey, here's what I want you to do. Go collect money, bring it back, fix up the temple. And in fact, in, in 2 Kings chapter 12, which mirrors this same story, it tells us, I don't know when Joash first told them, but it says, all right, now it's in the 23rd year of his reign, and they still hadn't done anything. So I, once again, I don't know how many years it had been that he had told them, but it was his 23rd year, and he's looking back, and he's saying, the temple of God is still not taken care of the way it needs to. So he is going to uh, go to the person that he knows really well, the guy who helped raise him. He's going to talk to the chief priest, Jehiada. And, and so he, he goes to him next after nothing was done, right? For some of this, this is kind of like, I, I feel like this move, uh, it, when a mom sometimes will tell, or whoever the heavy is in the house, it could be mom or dad, right? Whenever they need backup and they're like, you're going to need to go talk to your kids. They haven't cleaned up or done anything yet, right? Like, it's kind of that moment. He calls in the chief priest and he says, therefore, the king summoned Jehiada, the chief priest, and said to him, why haven't you required the Levites to bring in from Judah and Jerusalem the tax imposed by Moses, the servant of the Lord, and by the assembly of Israel for the tent of the covenant law? So he's like, hey, why haven't you helped me with this? Come on. Like, 
you know we got to fix this up. And so Jehoiada and Joash, they get together and they kind of come up with a new plan. Because what you don't see is you don't see them uh, then sending out the, the priests and the Levites to go collect money. The plan is this. They're going to put together a, a, a chest. Now, I think this is like the first pirate chest, all right? This is what it sounds like to me. So they, they put together this chest, and they, they bore a hole in the top of it, and they place it at the temple gate. And, and then they send out a note to everybody saying, all right, here, here's what we're going to do. We have this here. We want you to bring the money that, that Moses has set up for you to bring. And we, if you want to, to give generously or anything like that, you can bring it here. And they will fill this chest up, and as it gets full, then somebody will bring it in, and they'll, they'll take it out, and they fill bags so that they can pay the workers to do all the work that needs to be done on the temple. And this plan works amazingly. And in fact, uh, as we look at this, it says that at the king's command, the chest was made and placed outside the gate of the temple. A proclamation was then issued in Judah and Jerusalem that they should bring to the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God, had required. And all the officials and all the people brought their contributions gladly, dropping them into the chest until it was full. They, they just brought this gladly. They're like, yeah. We want to see this done as well. They were excited about it. So I was thinking, man, that seemed like tithing was really easy then, right? Like you set up a treasure chest in the back and then people just like throw money in it and they just had more than enough, right? So I thought today, like maybe we could start a new thing. I'm going to set this chest in the back and, and maybe, maybe we can get it full by the end and then we can like fund the things. No, all right. Obviously that doesn't work, but here, here's the thing. I wanted to joke about this a little bit because where I could have gone with this message today is I could have talked about how God does call us to be faithful in giving, how he does want us to give a 10% of our income that is really 100% his, but he says, hey, I just want you to give 10%. And these people, they came and they gladly gave. And we could talk about that side of it, but what I want to do is I want to go a little bit deeper with us. And I want to talk about the issue that causes us to want to be generous. The, the, the side of our heart that, that wants us to not just be generous, but really wants us to pursue and run after God. And so here's what's so interesting about uh, this, uh, this text is that they finally started collecting this money. And then they were able to begin work on this temple. So the, the scripture tells us this in, in verse 12. The king and Jehoiada gave it to those who carried out the work required for the temple of the Lord. They hired masons and carpenters to restore the Lord's temple. And also workers in iron and bronze to repair the temple. The men in charge of the work were diligent and the repairs progressed under them. They rebuilt the temple of God according to its original design and reinforced it. So what I love about this is that, that they go to work and, and they repair it back. And can you imagine just the excitement in the kingdom of Judah at this time, seeing that, that God's temple is being built back? But what I wanna kind of almost shift our minds to is this New Testament concept 
of temple. This New Testament concept of temple, you see in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it says this. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? When you have received or whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. What I want to encourage us to, to shift and think about in this moment is that, that uh, in the Old Testament time, we had this temple of the Lord that, that people would say, man, you know what, this, this is where God resides and we're going there and, and, and we're going to praise God and, and we're going to take sacrifices there. And right, to some extent today, this is what we're still doing with church. We're coming together and we're worshiping God. But, but God makes this distinction. When Jesus came and he died for our sins, being that perfect sacrifice, what happened was instead of the Holy Spirit, God himself just residing in a place, he began to reside in people. And that's why I love this text that says, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and just like King Joash looked at the temple of the Old Testament, and he said, we got to do something about this. We need, to, we need to fix some things in it. Can I encourage us each to, to say, can we pause and think, man, what are some things that we need to do in the temples that God has given us? If, if, if you are, right, carrying the Holy Spirit in your heart, God himself, what are some things that God is directing you to say, put these things in your life, build these things up right, right? Last week, we talked about what are some things that we can take out, some sin that we can kind of get out of there, break down. But today, what are some good things that God wants you to start to build into your life, into your spiritual life? So yet, we should be taking a, a regular kind of assessment of our lives and saying, God, what, what are you calling me to? How, how can I keep doing this? And, and a lot of times when, when we talk about how our body is a, a temple of the Holy Spirit, you know, initially, you know, we can think, oh, are, are we just talking about like our, our physical body? Like, all right, yeah, I know I need to like get in a little more shape or something along those lines, right? And I do think that's a part of it. There's a part of it where we say, I think God wants me to be healthy so that I can do whatever he's calling me to do through uh, his gospel and through his Holy Spirit. But the part that I really want us to kind of camp out in today is our hearts and our lives and saying, man, how is God calling us to build up our temple for him? How is he saying, man, do this? And guess what? It's normally not just like one silver bullet. It's not like, all right, I'm just going to show up to church 15 minutes earlier and that's gonna do it, right? Like, it's normally several things. When, when we look at this, this uh, text about the, the actual temple that was built up, we see lots of people going to work, right? We had masons and carpenters and, and bronze workers and iron workers. In the same way, can, can I let you guys know that there's lots of areas of our lives and our spiritual lives where God's saying, man, I wanna grow you in lots of different ways. I wanna grow you in personal prayer. I wanna grow you in community. There's all these areas that God wants to look at our lives and say, can I grow you a little bit? You know, I love how 1 Peter chapter two talks about how we are 
kind of this, this living church, in a sense, for the Lord. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. As you come to him, being Jesus, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I love this picture that, that we're being built into spiritual houses, right? Like your housing, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, if you've taken that step of saying, man, I want to get baptized, you're housing the Holy Spirit in your body. You're being built into the spiritual house. And, and, and I want us to be asking the question, man, how can I just keep working on that? Let, let me not get complacent. Let me not be just like, all right, God, yeah, I'm good. I showed up at the church, check. Now I can just do whatever I want the rest of the week, right? It's not just about the things that you do, but it's about your relationship with God as well. And so when we start to think about how do we build up this spiritual house that, that God has given us and allowed us to have, the, the first thing is this. We've got to have a desire for the Lord, okay? The number one thing, before we ever think about what we're going to do, we've got to have this heart that says, and I want to be in right relationship with God. I want to run after him. I want him to be close to me in a way that I've never experienced him before. Because if we, don't, if we just think, yeah, it's a good idea that I should do this, and we start pursuing it from that angle, then what we're gonna realize is that we don't have a lot in the tank to keep us going. But when we start to, to really get this heart's desire of saying, yeah, God, I want to be made into the spiritual house. Yeah, God, I, I, I want to be close to you in an ever-increasing way. Then all of a sudden, we're in the right spot mentally and emotionally to start walking down this path of, of saying, God, what things are you calling me to do? And, and then once we have that desire to do that, then we start to take spiritual steps for him. I, I love how um, in Second Peter chapter one, it begins to lay out some spiritual steps because right for, for us, sometimes I think we can think, um, you know, when we're building, we're building this life that God's called us to, then it's just like church and it, it's reading the Bible more or, or it's, it's praying more and all those things are true. But it, if we are going to be building our life, it's not just those things as well. It's even deeper things as well. So look what Second uh, Peter chapter 1 says. It, it, it kind of lays out some more things that build up our faith. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. It's almost like this stair step that's happening. It said, hey, keep adding to your faith. Keep letting these things be a part of it, and right? Like when we do things and we're building these blocks of, of saying, hey, I'm gonna have mutual faith or I'm gonna have goodness or I'm gonna have self-control or perseverance, then we start realizing, hey, we're, we're building our life up in this right way. 
And so I, I want to encourage you to, to, to think to yourself as our band gets ready to, to come up, I want to encourage us to think, man, how is God wanting me to build my spiritual house, my life? You know, and, and I want to kind of help us think about it by telling you a story, essentially, a, a story of a really poor carpenter, okay? And, and not poor necessarily uh, financially, but in skill, and that carpenter is me, okay? So this past year, in, in January, my wife had been telling me, hey, Ben, uh, would love to have like a farmhouse table. And so uh, we had found some really cool plans to get that done. And, and I had decided, all right, I'm going to build this giant farmhouse table for our, our family. And so, you know, right from the get-go, I was like, I am in over my head with, with this, all right? And, and I begin to think, all right, here are the plans. I look up some ways to do things on YouTube like, you know, all experts do, right? And then I go and I buy the material. And by the time that I've like looked at the plans, bought the material, and am at home with this pile of wood, I'm thinking, I'm already tired. Why is this already taking so long? Right, And I hadn't even started building anything yet. And you can start to feel this way about building your faith. And then, right, I just started little by little, and I'm, I'm working on the legs of it, putting it all together. Uh, and I'm like, oh, this is starting to look like it might hold something, right? And then eventually, I, I'm working on the tabletop part of it and putting that on and thinking, this is going to be way too heavy to get out of the garage. Like, what am I doing here, right? But by the end of it, after all the hard work, after you know, staying up late when the rest of the family is going to bed, after making time on Saturday, after spending money on this, I was able to look back and say, man, we have something that kind of looks like a table, right? And, and it was exciting to be at that, part, that point of it. But it was a lot of hard work getting to that point. And I think the same thing is true in our lives. If we're like, you know what, I, I want to... I want to build up my spiritual temple that God has given me. Guess what? It's not going to happen by accident, right? It's not going to happen just by going through the motions. It's going to, it's going to be you saying things like, you know what? Like I, I need to start building up on having some more love in my life. Maybe that's some, a building block that God's calling you to. Maybe God's saying, hey, you've got to start getting into the word some more. If you want to build a spiritual house, it's got to start with being in his word. Or, or maybe he's saying, you know what? You need to start praying more. You need to start actually talking to him and saying, God, I want my life to be built not just by my own wisdom, but with your wisdom as well. Maybe God's saying, hey, you know what? I need you to have some self-control in your life. And for me, I could write lots of things on here about how God's saying, let's build up this temple. But guess what? It doesn't happen all at once, right? It's a process that we're walking through. It's going to take time. It's going to take intentionality from you. Just like my table, I had to make time to make that happen. We've got to make time for God in our days, in our lives, in our weekends. What are some of the things that God's calling you, saying, you know what? It's time to build up some things, all right, maybe you broke down some things. Now it's time to build up some things, have some right practices. So as a church, what I want us to do is kind of think about this and experience this today. All around the room, we've got uh, these blocks that are in the corners. And as a church, I would love us to think about, man, what is God calling you to start doing? 
Not out of the heart of, oh, I got to do this because the preacher told me, right? No, no. It starts with our desire for Jesus. We say, Jesus, I want to be closer to you. You know, it could be lots of different words. I think that we have a, a slide that we'll throw up that has some of these different words that, that God might um, place on your heart. And at all the tables, there's some words. If you're like, I can't think of anything, there's cheat sheets. Don't worry, okay? And, and you can write down one thing or you can write down things like all over it. I don't really care. But as you go there and you write them down, this is almost like a prayer and a commitment to the Lord saying, God, I want to build this up. For you, Lord. And then as you get that done, you can bring those up here and, and we'll accept those and we're gonna kind of just stack all those right up front here as a proclamation that this is who our church is gonna be this year. We're gonna be a bunch of like Jesus followers that are passionate about him, wanting to build up our spiritual lives in him. This is who we wanna be. So let me pray for us and then as you felt led, uh, let's head to the tables. We'll write those down. And then when you get back to your seats, you can just jump right into worship with the rest of this team. So let's pray. Father God, you are our King and our Lord. God, let us never be complacent. Let us never be just okay with where we are spiritually. But God, let us be people that hunger and thirst for you. God, we want to be people that seek after you. God, I pray right now that you would show each and every one of us in this room things that we can do, steps that we can take to get close to you. God, rather uh, that's prayer or, or God, uh, if it's being in more community, God, if it's, if it's us saying, you know what, I, I'm doing a lot of those things, but God, I really need to work on just perseverance in my faith. God, maybe it's serving. God, there's so many things that you could lay on our hearts. God, I pray that you would do that right now because ultimately, God, we want to be examples of you on this earth. God, thank you for coming and living with us. Guide us now, Lord, as we worship you through this experience. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen.